Hello, and welcome to Read Between the Tech, the podcast that explores how companies can have richer and strategic conversations about the future of their current technology. Whether you're a tech enthusiast, business leader, or simply interested in the impact of technology in a company's growth, this podcast will have something for you. So join us on this journey as we read between the tech and uncover the real stories behind your organization's technology and its future success. Let's listen in on this episode. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining our latest episode here with Mike Thibodeau from Microsoft and supporting a few other things on the startup front. Appreciate his time learning and sharing together. Looking forward to a great conversation. Thanks for joining us, Mike, and I'll give you a minute to introduce yourself. Thanks a lot, Eric. Yeah, Mike Thibodeau, I lead our Azure segment here at Microsoft for SMBs, startups, and high-growth companies. Really just means I get to be the glue between a lot of amazing people, teams, and partners helping activate across the country and lets me dabble a little bit in one of the things which I love, which is working closely with innovation, tech, and startups across the country. Very cool. And maybe tell us a couple of things about how you got started in technology. So a bit about your background and then a bit about what do you think you're passionate about that kind of keep you going outside of work? Yeah. So I think it's funny, I guess my like personal and professional world sort of blend and have this amazing contrast of high tech and low tech things in my life. And so I think as I was sort of graduating university, well, I was in university, I started my first business. So that, I guess that's where sort of my knack and enjoyment for, you know, entrepreneurship and startups sort of started. I had a lot of cool opportunities to work at a bunch of different places during university in a co-op type role. And that allowed me to explore different things. I, Tried working in financial services, worked in CPG, consumer packaged goods, technology. I worked at Rogers and telephone booth during university full time. So got, you know, that was the latest and coolest tech you could really get back then, which, you know, was only five years ago, right? So that gave me a a big love for tech. Um, And then on the low tech side, you know, while I, just after I graduated, I was sort of exploring where I wanted to go with my career and didn't want to rush into it. There's a couple of tech companies that I was, I was thinking about and looking at and was working in construction. So super low tech, I was building things and, you know, in some regards, you know, now I build PowerPoints, I guess, but before I used to actually build some meaningful things that had an end to the project, which felt pretty cool. And so that sort of blends into the, the where and how I ended up at, at Microsoft because it was my sort of love for innovation and tech those things that are changing the world around us and how they impact the world around us. I love cars, high-tech and low-tech cars. And then when I'm not, you know, at work or talking to startups, I like to really unplug from the the busyness and and get out and do some some backcountry camping. So I guess my life is a real big contrast of high-tech and low-tech things that sort of brought me here. You need the balance. Balance is important and having those things that are, again, on and digital and in your face is important to think from where the world is going. And also we need that time to disconnect and recharge and reset. So that's amazing. Startups, you, you kind of told us a bit about your own startup. Startups, I know you have your own podcast on startups and I've, I've listened to a bunch of that and it's, it's really cool to hear how you're working with startups, how you're talking about them. Startups are also in your segment at Microsoft, which is pretty neat. How do you, it, it's almost a bit of a two sides of a coin there. You've got, you work for Microsoft, one of the largest companies in the world all sorts of process, craziness, rules for everything. And then you have this passion for startups. Tell us a bit about how you have that two sides of the personality. Cause you're dealing with people who are kind of running up from the seat of their pants through to, I have a checkbox for everything. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I think what's cool about 
Microsoft generally is your ability to get a very wide aperture on what's happening out there. And so in my role, fortunately, I got to work in a place where part of my role gets to work with startups, not all of it, but I also get to work with mature companies, you know, traditional businesses, software businesses, a wide variety. And so I think what's cool about that is your view and spectrum of what you get to see and who you get to talk to and the stories you get to hear is amazing. But in the, in the world of startups, I think there's like this real inspiration of the problems that people see in the world around us or challenges or opportunities, however you want to frame it. It's really neat. It's really inspirational to hear how they got there. Some people are just avid entrepreneurs. Some people, you know, just had a challenge in front of them that they just could not shake and they felt that they needed to solve it. And so it's a really cool spectrum of breadth of things people are doing and working on. So at Microsoft, I get to work with them and support them, but I probably don't get to talk to them as much as I would if it was just on my own accord. And so to solve for that, you know, solve for my passion of probably wanting to watch, you know, Dragon's Den or Shark's Tank 24 hours a day, I figured outside of work, I would have some fun just having a podcast and it specifically features founders and or people from the ecosystem, specifically in Canada. Any size could be people with an idea on a napkin. I'm really not picky. I really just enjoy hearing, hearing what people are working on, what got them there, the challenges in their own life, pivotal moments that influence them to take this leap because entrepreneurship is definitely not for everyone. Being a founder is even fewer people who are really made to be that. And some have aspired and dreamed for that moment for a very long time. And others, it was just such a compelling, overwhelming feeling that they needed to solve the problem that it turned them into a founder. And so it's really cool to just hear their stories and then hear the things that they're working on. So I guess I get to contrast both. What's cool about my, my podcast is you don't have to be a startup that's working with Microsoft. It gives me great perspective and keeps me fresh at work. And then I get to, you know, through my platform at Microsoft, help lift up and empower these people and tell these stories and help amplify the amazing work they're doing. So it's a really good contrast of being able to kind of do it without having to think about any specific outcome, which is the podcast, and then having some specific outcomes around driving their impact and success across Canada at work. Very neat. So as you think about all the startups you've talked to, who's your favorite startup right now in, in the Canadian space? What's someone who we have to go and check out at the end of this podcast and go check their website and see what they're doing? Who should we be experimenting with and supporting? This one's a tough tough one. one. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I get to work with hundreds at work at Microsoft. I've interviewed probably over 30 now for my podcast called Pitch Please. I don't know that I have necessarily a favorite, but maybe we'll talk about one that is interesting to me because of the space and maybe some correlation to even things I did in my first business. They're also a very fast growing startup that exited our Founders Hub program in record time and are continuing to grow. And they maybe differ from some of the other ones I'm used to talking about or even you're used to seeing. You know, a lot of times we see things in financial services, we see things in the health tech space, and there's so many amazing examples. For them, it's actually, and, and what kind of drew me to it was I, I love food and anybody that knows me knows I love bringing people together and being a connector. 
And so the company is called Dyne. I believe their website is like Dyne app or something of that nature. It's D-Y-N-E, if anyone wants to check it out. And so they have a platform that uses data and AI to help restaurants grow and thrive, which is oftentimes an overlooked category. I think it's interesting because they started near the tail end of the pandemic when a lot of these people were trying to get back on their feet. And it helps introduce some of the best of technology to help with, you know, their marketing, their operational improvements, supply chain, staffing insights. It gives them a lot of the things we talk about every single day in the tech world, this like notion of co-pilots and really brings it to restaurants. And if restaurants can continue to, to succeed and I can go eat more food and build great connections, I think that's all goodness. So I think the uniqueness of it is pretty cool, but there's a... There's a long list and it's hard to pick a favorite. So go set up a coffee with me or check out my podcast. I'd be happy to talk about all of them. They're all doing so many amazing things. So I wouldn't say it's a favorite, but it's definitely a unique standout one for me because it speaks to my, my soul with the food and connecting people. So do you love food or do you love to cook or both? I love to cook if I can find the time to cook, but I love food. Food is right. great. And I think... Food is good and delicious, but I also think it's like about the concept of people. It's a, it's a moment for people to get together and talk and spend time with each other. You know, it's almost harder without food. Sometimes food helps make those moments happen or add something to them. So I love bringing people together and I love food and somehow they're completely interrelated most times in my life and probably for many others. Yeah, they need the, the, the food connects. It makes everyone human. It makes mistakes. You spill, you drop things. It's just. It's part of being human. So I love cooking on the, I'm on the cooking side. So, but love the cooking because it brings people together. And for me, it's yep. barbecue. I guess so. that. What technology, you may have mentioned a little bit of technology. What technology are you most excited about today? This one's tough. I think like I'm going to be influenced and biased by the thing that's like most hot right now. And I, I'm going to say AI, but I'm going to say that maybe the word excited isn't the perfect word for how I think about it. I think for me, the best word to describe how I'm thinking about AI, AI is, is I'm actually fascinated. And the reason I say that is because there's definitely lots of things about AI that excite me, but that I'm equally curious and aware of the discussions around how we manage transitions, change, impact, and trust. I don't think we have all the answers yet. We definitely have a lot of good answers, maybe not all of them. But then, you know, I also don't think that that should stop our energy um, on using this technology and exploring. It shouldn't halt innovation. And so we need to get comfortable having those discussions alongside our innovation. We need to be okay to talk openly and approach it with an open mind because if we shut everything down, like we sort of stunned a special moment at the speed at which things are accelerating. And so I guess I'm excited, but I'm more so fascinated because I think I'm enjoying reading, understanding, talking to people on all sides of the dialogue around AI. But I think AI is, it's obviously not new, although there's a new renewed energy around it because of the accessibility to AI as everyday consumers that we've been given through things like ChatGPT recently that have accelerated a lot of what's possible. And I think that's pretty cool. So it's, for me, it's AI and the democratization of AI. So AI was super expensive 12 months ago. 
today, everyone could do it almost for free. So it's, it's where are we going? So experimentation and transformation to me are really interesting in that space. And then AR, VR, I am, I'll say nervously fascinated. It's a great word, but nervously interested in what's coming, how it's going to work, how people will eventually dive into the, the metaverse and the augmented reality space, but not losing the human connection, the, the breaking bread together, the eating, the having a drink together, coffee. I think those pieces are really important, but those are the two texts that I'm kind of zoned in on. Do you have a story about either AR, VR, because I know you had some experience there. That's where we met. Yeah. Or about AI, and I'll let you pick your story, but those two pieces, I think, are really look for a story, maybe, or a, a thought on those from you. Oh, man. I, I think if I tie it all together, so obviously when, when we met Eric, oof, I don't even remember how many years back this was, but I was the HoloLens and mixed reality lead for Canada, which in some regards had to do with the hardware and the software that ran on that hardware, mixed reality or VR. But it also had to do with the platforms and connecting devices, even phones, right? It wasn't just about the HoloLens, which people thought it was, but it was also like generally anchoring components between our digitals and physical worlds. And then now in my current role with startups, I get to work a lot with people, I would call it use it, build it, break it. We can talk about that after around AI. And I guess the, the first story that comes to mind is I think the part I love about my job, I guess I'm giving a little free bump in, in advertisement to Microsoft, but I think it's also just about the ability to work in the technology space is we're sort of unbounded in what we're able to do. And so I've had a lot of autonomy and creative ability to go work with some of these cool things and live a little outside of the role definition, whether that be when I was working with HoloLens and mixed reality, or now it's startups and getting to live close to the latest trends in AI. I think that's like really cool. You don't have to necessarily commit to doing any one of those things. You can see the breadth of it. And I think that's, that's really special. It gives you like perspective that you can carry across. I might not be the deepest expert on either of those technologies or especially those technologies when you double click into an industry, but sometimes it's cool to see and bring thoughts of how people are using AR and VR and financial services and pair that with something you're seeing around AI in the health tech space. And although completely unrelated in some seemingly way, sometimes there's these meshed dialogues that you can bring people together and reignite that connector element to bring, to bring the two together. So I, I think my story, because it's so hard to isolate any one moment across any of those, but is the ability to see the breadth of impact that these things are having and the ability to kind of shape and morph. And, and maybe that's a little bit of me. You don't have to do that. That's not like a prerequisite to get a job here. Um, but the ability to go flex and do cool things, like even when we were doing some stuff on AR and VR and mixed reality, Eric, like that wasn't in my job description and it wasn't necessarily in your job description, but it's fun Definitely and it brings people yeah. together and you can kind of go push the mold as long as you can go create that time. So I guess the story is about the ability to go impact and influence these things at scale. Experimentation at scale is what's driving disruption and change. So I could see yeah, super important. And then you mentioned, use it, break it, build it. Tell us a bit more about that. I like to break it last, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, I guess I would call it like themes and, and I, I don't know, this might be quoted somewhere else. I sort of just came up with these themes. I would say again, from that perspective of talking to so many traditional businesses, larger enterprises, startups, friends, colleagues, family, I sort of see these three themes emerging. The first is use it. 
the second is build it and the last is break it. And I guess I kind of made it sound fun when I use those three together. But the idea is use it's really about how people are enhancing their productivity and efficiency in what they do. So that's everything from, you know, the things that we've seen in beta or people using around Microsoft Copilot, developer Copilots, AI assistance. We've been using versions of that for years. People using chat GPT, people using things from the break it category, which we'll talk about in their roles, sometimes deployed by the organization, sometimes as individuals who are just seeking out new and fresh ways to, you know, enhance how they build a PowerPoint slide or enhance how they write a blog post. These are all things of people using technology with AI within it to enhance their productivity and efficiency in their roles and organizations doing it to enhance their productivity and efficiency as an organization. You know, maybe they're trying to get 100 videos out the door and before they were capping out, they could only get to 50. Are there tools that they could empower video editors with to help double their output? And I know this is a huge challenge in developers. Like we almost never had enough developers to develop all of the things that we need in the world. And so leveraging AI technology to enhance productivity and efficiency has helped us not necessarily close the gap, but reduce the gap. The next is build it. And I think this is a piece that I see a lot at, at my role at Microsoft, which are organizations of every size, some that have built existing software some that have some other traditional element of their business and are not in software at all, but how are they either already integrating or at least reflecting on and or piloting how they can integrate AI or large language models into their existing business and or product. If you think about it, it's like chatbots and virtual assistants are a big category, predictive analytics recommendation systems, right? Like if you think of the largest example, we see things like Netflix has been for time personalizing these suggestions more and more now getting even more personal, but these are ex examples of Netflix is not an AI company, but they're leveraging and innovating. They're building it into their product feature set to benefit and delight their customers. Others are companies that might have existing SaaS solutions and they're building it as a component, but not the only component of what they do. And that, I guess, leads to break it, which is, I guess, the newest category, although I'm sure there's been, and I know there has been AI, born in AI companies where their entire business model is disrupting something with AI at the core. So these are AI born companies, they're redefining industries, redefining how we approach existing problems, you know, and it's, it's, going to be challenging to predict which ones will break through, which ones will we adopt, which ones will completely disrupt existing business models or our productivity and efficiency gains. And this is the one I probably get the most exposure through Founders Hub at Microsoft and also through the work that I do talking to startups on the podcast. But use it, build it, break it. They're not specific to startups. They're not specific to SaaS businesses. I think thematically, I'm seeing that across my friends, family, colleagues, and businesses of every size that, that we talk to. We've been through three or four versions of ProServe, so I can say that for sure I understand the whole concept of breaking and disrupting yourself as a, as a key idea for every business as we're in this digital transformation journey. So I, I love to read. Some people love to listen to books. What's your favorite book or audio book right now? Yeah, I'm definitely a listener. I, I try, I've tried so many times to read 
when it comes to a book, I can't do it. I love reading articles, yep. shorter medium form. I love reading about things. I love watching videos on things. So I guess it's just how I learn. But for me to get focused enough, the way I learn best is not by reading a book, unfortunately, but I, I love to listen. I think, I don't know if it's like a favorite, but I think it's one that's stuck with me and maybe influenced things, not just at work, but in my life, which is the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Yeah. And I think the reason is, and, and as a, as a summary, the book is about this thought that Simon talks about called the golden circle, which is why, how, and what, and how most companies start with what they do. Then they talk about how they do it, but they rarely touch on the why they do it, which is interesting because like when I talk to a lot of the startups, when the best pitches start with their why, and actually yes. the, sometimes before they pitch, actually getting to their background story before we talk about it actually brings to life that why for so many of them. And it's really about going beyond making the profits and it's, it's your core purpose. But I think the reason that it stands out for me is it has so many relatable elements to how a business operates, which is great. And obviously I like talking to startups. I live in a business every day, I have to activate people and get excited about the why of what we do and our purpose. But it's also like super relatable to life, which is, you know, finding reflection of these moments to reset and reflect on the purpose and intentionality of the things you're doing, what you stand for, how you deploy and spend your time, your energy, your resources in life. And so it, it really brings a clear sense of like that purpose to why you do things in your life, why you do things that you do at work why the company you work at or for or within or are building does the thing it does. And so I think that the core of the start with why transcends so many aspects of work and life that it, it's really sort of stuck with me and is, is a, probably the question I ask most often all of the time. And I think it's, it's really cool and it's, and it's inspiring, inspiring audiobook or book if, if you like to read. Thank you for sharing. It is a really good one. I, I love that book. And then last thing, where can people find you? Because you got the pretty awesome podcast and you got a day job at Microsoft. So where can people find you if they're looking for you? Yeah, on LinkedIn, it's, I should probably change it eventually to Mike Thibodeau, but it's Michael Thibodeau. I think if you do the slash, it's like slash M-I-T-H-I-B-O-D-E-A-U. So M-I Thibodeau on LinkedIn. And then for the podcast, you could find it on Instagram or LinkedIn or any platform that you listen to podcasts is just pitch please pod is how you'd find it if you're like oh which one of these is it? it's the one that's like a light bulb that'll be the easiest way to find it and if you are a startup or a person that works in this space you don't have to be a startup but if you work with or in the canadian ecosystem i'd love to talk to you no no one's too big or too small i think it's just about hearing the authentic stories you don't have to be a winning story or a losing story or have some amazing advice. I think it's just the raw stories that, that we get to so much amazing things. So happy to talk with anyone about on that or, or have a coffee as part of my role at Microsoft, or if you are a company working in this tech space, whether it's a partner or a customer, happy to speak with you as well. I think I answer, I want to say I've answered every message I get. I try to make sure I get back to everybody. I think that's super important because you never know what a missed coffee could, could end up bringing in life. So I, I try to take every, every chat, every coffee, virtual or in person and, and continue to build bridge, amazing connections, sometimes over food.
That's a great way to wind us up, Mike. Thank you for sharing with the audience. Thank you for your time and I look forward to our next coffee together. Awesome. Thanks, Sounds good. Thanks, Eric. And that's all the time we've got for today's episode of Read Between the Tech. We hope you enjoyed listening and learned something new about how technology can help shape the success of your organization. Don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter and get insightful IT resources, tips, insights, exclusive Microsoft offers, and much more right to your inbox. Visit www.proservit.com slash newsletter dash sign dash up to join the ProServIT community. Follow us on LinkedIn and Substack to stay up to date with our podcasts and visit our website at www.proservit.com for more information about how to unlock your company's digital future. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So feel free to leave us a comment or contact us on LinkedIn at ProServIT with your feedback and ideas for future episodes. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on Read Between the Tech.